Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, a periodical purge of passionate, pure our patter, this week praising our very own Prince of Penalties. I'm Tom, and I'm here as ever with John. Evening. Lorny. Hey, we. And in a complete coincidence that we don't have the cheek to pretend was planned, we're joined by the hero of the Spurs penalty shootouts, coach, Edward. <laughs> Ed, welcome. The poor man's Tim Krull. <laughs> <laughs> we will delve into what it's like in the dugout alongside her Farker, put the best of your questions to Ed from the ACN mailbag and round off with a goalkeeper-flavoured quiz. Only one place to start. Goalkeeper coaches don't often get the limelight or the credit. How nice then that after last Wednesday, the club's been inundated with media offers <laughs> to talk to the genius behind the Spurs. And you chose us. You chose us over Michael Bailey. <laughs> yeah. No, it's nice to uh, get a little bit of recognition. Obviously, uh, it's not always the case that the coaching staff get any sort of praise. So when it comes your way, obviously, you're um, it's, it's nice to receive it. But in honesty. Uh, Obviously, the part I play is, is minuscule. All the credit goes to the to the goalkeeper, to Tim. Um, you say all the yeah. credit, 50-50? No, no, no. <laughs> all, you know, all the credit because I'm just there to provide the information, really, and help him and, and be an assistance to him. Um, so, regards, like last week's shootout, it, it's the second one. The previous one we had was in the FA Cup against Chelsea. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, sort of looking back on that going into last week's game, didn't really feel that sort of armed Angus with as much information and as much of a plan to go into the shootout so uh, it didn't end successfully <laughs> that one uh, I, don't, I think Angus might have gone the wrong way on like all of them <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah it just sort of was that was a bit in my mind and wanted to just ensure that Tim had a little bit of preparation and, and was able to go into the into the shootout with as I say, a little bit more ammunition to, to, to do as well as he could. So when does that start then? The, the, the preparation for the penalties, obviously we know it's a, a cup game, we know there's not going to be a replay, so there is more yeah. likelihood of it being a shootout. No, no, no so that goes in the day before, so you're looking at all the, as it was, they took off Mora and Ali, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're going down further and down the already list. out. Yeah, that's right, out, so yeah. obviously the information we've got on the takers is becoming more and more limited. Um, so yeah, the day before we knew that there were going to be takers that that were going to be unfamiliar to us and so we did a little bit of homework the day before um, and then when it goes into the shootout sorry into extra time and you know the, the shootout could be imminent you're then sort of preparing a little bit more heavily and, and trying to get down to a decision as to what we think is going to be best um, and that's done to collectively obviously Tim Tim comes across at the end of the game and he wants to have a look at particular takers and what does he do and, and, and then it's he's in the eye of the storm ultimately and uh, obviously I know what it was like when I was a goalkeeper if you were to tell me so and so is going left and he approaches the ball I think no, no I can see a, a certain way he's approached the ball he's about to hit it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with an opposite direction so no it's just there just to arm him with a bit of information and he used it particularly well on the night and his gamesmanship was was good to see and, and no prep good. needed or coaching needed for no you, no it's a shit house where he comes no, naturally we, we talk about it yeah we talk about it generally in, in preparation for games and sort of what do you have a lot of movement on the line do you just stay still how can we get in the player's head and, and you're trying to to persuade the taker to go to his go-to penalty, make him feel uncomfortable and say is it six to the left and he's more comfortable that and only four to the right. You want to try to encourage him to, yeah. to potentially go to to his what it would be his stronger side. And um, as I say, Tim's unbelievable at that, isn't he, in, in terms of 
is what he does before it's the, the penalty's taken is you see it's uh, wonderful to see where he just wanders over to the side of the, the side netting and he stands in the side net and you're like oh, there's absolutely no reason for you to be he's going intelligence is brilliant he's similar yeah. around goal kicks when you know on the few occasions we've had the lead this season he has been he's been superb at pushing it right to the yeah. very limit of I mean, yeah. just before I get booked obviously he has been booked a couple yeah, of times for that but yeah. he's He's not. He's not afraid of uh, making a bit of an enemy of, uh, no. of the officials and no. the opposition fans. No, no he's, he's good at that, and he manages the game really well. And um, it's, it's just we've had shootouts for England in the past. I've seen the goalkeeper just go into the goal and dive to the left, and that was it. And you sort mm. of think, hey, can we do more to influence the takers? And as I said, credit goes to him because he's the one facing the penalty and, and decides ultimately what he wants to do. And um, yeah, he did did really well. Really when really when well. you're writing on the bottle. And you say, I don't know, more is going to go right. How confident are you in those sort of, in what you're writing down? Is it a case of we're really confident with these ones because we're seeing them take care? 30, straight down the middle. Um, yeah, we didn't actually have any, anyone down for Central. Um, I would, de- if I'm taking a penalty, no, I'm definitely I'm, I'm really the down the I was really confident on Fernand- uh, Jetson Fernandez. Really thought he would do that. Um, how did you get um, the young lad, the young strikers? Yeah, that, Tim, Tim fancied him to go that way. Okay. So, yeah, it was like one of them where he, um, he looked at him and, no, yeah. no, I fancy him to do what he did. Um, he'd taken, I think, three... Pro- oh, the information we'd had, mm. he's obviously taken more than three in his career, but I think he had two to goalkeeper's right and one to the goalkeeper's left. And the one to the goalkeeper's left, Tim felt, was, was a stronger penalty, mm. and it, that would be his... As, it, as he did on the night, tries to influence him, puts mm. him to his go-to penalty and, and did really well, really, really well. On so. the other side of that coin, are you, in the days leading up to a game where it might go to penalties, are you also speaking to potential Knowledge takers and saying, Look, I, yeah. what I, if I was them, I'd be telling this their guys to go right, so yeah. go left. Not, not so much, because um, I, think, I think penalty takers need to have a little bit of freedom um, in their in their delivery of the ball, I don't think when they step up, they don't want me in their head thinking, "Oh, it said oh, the goalie might do this." Mm. I think you want to try to uh, have a, a free a penalty taker who's free in the head and comfortable approaching the ball, and don't want to give them too much to think about. And so, no, I, I wouldn't get involved in telling Timu or you're sitting out the take penalty. That would be <laughs> beyond uh, beyond my pay grade, I think. So, <laughs> so on, the, on on our penalty takers. Um, mm. We we already heard from Grant Hanley that there would have been quite a few take like Tim would have taken one before before he would expect to be up for yeah. it. Um, other, so other than Grant, were there any others that you you could tell or were made it very very clear? Um, I'm really hoping this doesn't come around to me. No, to be honest, I was around our takers. I wasn't even sure who we were who was taking them because um, you're busy writing on a bottle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing my work and making sure my job's done and um, I'm happy and comfortable with with our strategy so yeah I actually they're walking up and I'm not really sure who was taking it so, so you don't know who the, who was on the fifth pen no I was just concentrating on my role oh, so um, I think Jossic was on for oh, okay. yeah, I did ask that yeah so um, but uh, yeah so I, I don't get too involved in that side of things because as I said going back to the Angus one where it felt a bit fluffy around our strategy on, on that game um, just wanted to make sure that every box was ticked on our side of things really I thought that was uh, one of the nicest elements of uh, watching the press coverage and obviously in in the moment you see certain angles but um, seeing the coverage of 
uh, Campwell and Godfrey's the, the looks on their faces when Ida like you know, just yeah. so yeah. calmly given the situation yeah. that they're in that the, the, the way that he took that penalty and kind of the, the, the almost the pride that they had for him yeah. um, surely uh, again Toddy like postage stamp stuff like couldn't have walked yeah. it in and yeah. placed yeah. it anywhere yeah. anyhow. Like, you're not saving that yeah. so it was such an intimidating atmosphere to take a penalty in as well I think what is that? that's got to be the biggest stand in, in English football yeah. and it was Wow, to, to step up and put it in the top corner, both of them was, was sublime, really. So, so is it, was it right that the, the referee decides on the end and then you flip coin for who no, goes first? No, I think that one was done um, on safety reasons. It was done before the game. Right, um, okay. So we were told that it had already been pre-decided that the penalties would be, would be that end, um, for whatever reason, but I suppose... What, what I liked was a bit. You, saw, you saw some uh, mobile phone footage which often comes out after the game on social media of um, from the home end uh, during kind of the penalty takeouts and you can hear like as, as they're getting ready for that final penalty get back on your fucking line get back on your fucking line like, you, you can hear how much it's in the supporters yeah. head so again for the, for the man standing yeah. 12 yards out yeah. that, that must be really really difficult to go how is he getting away with this shithousery yeah. it was wonderful I love those and shit plays with the boundaries just, yeah. just within the rules just. he threw the boundaries out the window I can't believe he got through um, the extra time and penalties with no booking like, yeah. it, was, yeah. it was a masterclass in, yeah. in gamesmanship yeah so uh, there's obviously been obvious times in the last season or two when um, when kind of Tim's done something brilliant um, that, that obviously he's got loads of plaudits for. Naturally, you, people are know that you work on penalties, know that you work yeah. on strategy, and that was at the front of everyone's yeah. mind because of the bottle, uh, yeah. the message <laughs> on the bottle. Um, but but have there been any other times like this season or last season where there's been something that's happened within a game mm. where you thought you you've taken a sense of pride because yeah. you thought we've yeah. worked on that, yeah, we've worked no. on stopping that type of cross or whatever. yeah, as you say, I mean the the, the bottle has has brought to the attention that. Potentially, we do do some work during the week. Not just catching. No, that's right. And no, we we try to work on all elements of of the game. We're trying to always prepare the goalkeeper best for what we're going to do, both in possession and and obviously out of possession. So we look at how the opposition team presses and what they're like, how they set up from goal kicks. What's the best solution to play out from the back? Do we go direct into fullbacks? Do we? Pass to the centre half, who then goes into to the fullback. Do we get it back off the centre half and switch play? So um, yeah, going into Thursday and Friday before a Saturday game, we would really work on and what to do in possession. Mm. Um, and then you're trying to during prior to that earlier in the week, we're trying to set up how to deal with opposition threats. And um, you know, even even on Saturday, we know. Everyone knows that Sheffield United crossed the ball a lot and Billy Sharp and whoever they play, McBurney next to him, are, are really good threats in the box. So you're trying to set training up to, to try and deal with that. So last week it goes for you when you do your homework and then on the weekend mm. they, they head it in from six yards and it's you do all the work you can, but ultimately if you bullets a header in from six yards it's going to be difficult. Um, earlier on in the season, we've I think I mentioned it in the programme notes, but we played West Ham away um, and we'd spoken about Lanzini drifting into the box late and uh, pre-movement being in a position to potentially affect the cross and if he couldn't to then defend the goal and Lanzini would arrive late and takes up a really good position for the cross, can't come for the cross, defends his goal and then makes an unbelievable save to his left-hand side and 
you know, that's that's great for me to see because you think, oh, blimey, he's, he's really taken on information and, and, and then pulled out a fantastic seat. Don't expect it to go to them, them sort of levels. So, yeah, we're always trying to affect the game and, and try and find ways to nullify their threats and, and be able to defend their threats should they come up on the game day, yeah. Do you think that goalkeeper is one of the positions on the pitch where actually having maybe a slightly higher level of in- intelligence to process that information oh, and the angles yeah. actually helps you because yeah. we, we, you know, we've had the pleasure of having Tim on, on the pod uh, towards the end of last season um, and you know he, he's a yeah. cerebral guy really yeah. articulate guy you can yeah. tell he's a bright lad yeah. um, I like the way you use cerebral there to prove that cerebral, you're also yeah. quite cerebral amazing he's got it written down it's in his notes so he's really cerebral because so with that in mind, like, do you find that maybe there's some things, not to badmouth any other goalkeepers, but do you think there's some tactics no, you can maybe give no, a right like, goal? For instance, me and, um, me and Tom Will, the academy goalie coach, we're obviously trying to produce the next young goalkeeper to come through. And we speak about it more and more in the last few years about a goalkeeper being a good learner, being able to take on the information. Um, as I said, our goalkeepers, Michael and Tim, we're talking about quite fine detail about when a crossing... What, player gets on the ball, is it right foot, is it left, what sort of delivery we then expect from the delivery, um, what sort of finish, and them sort of really fine details is difficult to to pick up if you're not that intelligent, and um, as I say, with the young goalkeepers, we want good learners, because there's some goalkeepers that you come in and think, they plateau at 17, 18, and you think they're not going to be able to go on to that next level through a little bit of lack of intelligence, and and that ability to, to learn and, and pick those details up. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's hugely, hugely important. Um, really, really important. So you mentioned your current goalkeepers. Obviously, we've just seen one move on. Um, yeah. Uh, the, it seems to be there's two kind of schools of thought in terms of the way that's been received by the fans. Mm. On, on the, I think the best way I saw it summed up was um, that on the one side... Um, Ralph's done exactly what we needed from that loan spell in mm-hmm. look at Cruel's form yeah. and at the end of the day it's fantastic that that was a loan that pushed Cruel on yeah. uh, had that been a permanent transfer Ralph's yeah. going to be that much more cross um, yeah. and we're then stuck with a keeper who's way behind Tim yeah. in terms in terms of form so uh, how, how, has, how has he been around the group and, and are you guys really pleased that basically Tim had someone who's played a lot of deep games at a high level come in to say hey just because you've got promoted you now need to kick yeah, on another I mean, level from from when we got promoted last season you'd be stupid I think as a footballer not to grasp the opportunity to, to play in the Premier League and, and Tim didn't need competition we had competition in the building we got Michael in the building international goalkeeper um, pushed him all last season was always ready to be involved as we've seen this season um, we obviously wanted to add to that because going into a Premier League season with just two is, is a little bit fragile so um Bringing in someone of Ralph's calibre was was really pleasing because played in the Champions League last season, captain of Schalke, played hundreds of games in the Bundesliga, a real imposing figure as well. Don't know if you've ever met him, but he was like six foot five, six and huge. So yeah, it, Tim had the bit between his teeth, as did Michael in the summer, to really kick on and do well, and and that was probably the final bit of the jigsaw to to get maybe a few more percent out of him. Um, and get some more out in this season so yeah it's, it worked out well uh, it's unfortunate for Ralph because I'm sure coming from such a huge club having played regularly that he would have expected to play a little bit more but 
That's testament to Tim. He's, he's done really well. He had a really positive pre-season. Did all the work in the summer, um, away from away from our pre-season and the off-season, and came back in great shape. So yeah, fair credit to him. He fully deserved to play, and ultimately, barely put a foot wrong. I don't think through the season. So that's that's really hard. I liken it to snooker. If you're on the, if you're on the table and, and putting all the the balls in, don't give an opportunity for the mm. other one to come on. So, and, and that's exactly what Tim's done. So, yeah, he's, he's done really well. There's, a, there's only one position, like you know, it isn't yeah. like a Byram who might be able to play either fullback no, or, right, or yeah. you know, a, a Tetty who ends up playing yeah. centre back or whatever. Um, but likewise, it's similar in your position. There's only one real goalkeeper yeah. coach at first team level. It'd be a bit weird if there was two of you. Yeah. Um, to, to it's becoming more popular. One now. could cross, one could do crossing, yeah. one could do two yeah. cracks. <laughs> My legs won't last forever. <laughs> so, so some might hold you. We need someone to cross it better. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the quality of the delivery. Guy I'm available. But yeah. 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 You're short, mate. Yeah. You're so, so with that in mind, it'd be good to, to just go back to back to kind of how you became part of that that staff because obviously mm. you know we, we, we sing about the fact that there's a foreign inflection to mm. to all the yeah. Germans and so to talk to us about how you got from um, not being part of uh, Farker's squad to you are now part of that, that yeah. team um, yeah well, I came into the club at the beginning of the last Premier League season as the academy coach goalkeeper coach um, so what was that 16 15 16 15 16 yeah, 15, we got relegated 16, yeah. the Premier League one. yeah so yeah. yeah came in in August 15 so I was it under Dean Kiley who was first team coach at the time and uh, yeah the new regime came in and I think Dean was there for the first part of pre-season um, and then not sure the relationship was going that great so I think that's oh, a nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. he had it's some a, comments on Twitter, didn't he? He's got yeah. nothing but nice things to say about the club. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, <laughs> obviously, I've got him fine with Dean. It's no, no, I've got no issues with Dean. He was great for me. So um, the relationship between him and the club went different ways. So um, obviously an opportunity arose. I mean, initially it was that essentially someone's got to take training tomorrow. But in the back of my head, I know that obviously opportunities to work with um, championship goalkeepers at the time doesn't come around all, all of the time. So it was really important for me to grasp that opportunity and, and do as well as I could and put myself in a position that potentially I could be offered it, um, which is basically what happened. So, so I'm, in, I'm interested on that because at that point, uh, there was a lot of change at the club. Yeah. And there mm. was, uh, from the outside and from some of the shouts from the inside, there was quite a lot of, well, no, this, need, this needs to be Daniel's guys. Like, mm. you know, that, that's not part of the way that Daniel wants to do it. Yeah. And, and the people who maybe had big personalities and were, mm. were a big part of what was there before yeah. needed to be moved along yeah. so that there was, like, Daniel's voice was, was, was there. So for you to be retained um, and for you to be part of that, um, that team now for, mm. you know, for this success shows that you must. there must have been something quite early on because they must have made inquiries. So was, yeah. there, was there a point... Yeah, I'm sure they looked elsewhere. I'm but sure was there a point yeah. that you think nailed that session or was there something you no, thought, this, I, is, this I, is it, I've done it? No, I, as I said, I always had ambitions to work in, in a first-team setup. So um, at that point in time, I think in that summer, funny enough, I had actually had a couple of inquiries from other clubs to, to work with their first teams and um, at lower levels and it didn't quite work out. So I kind of felt ready myself to, to go into a first team environment and, and work in that. Um, and then when the opportunity arose, you obviously have sessions and a way that you want to, to go about taking the sessions and, and you want to stamp your authority on, on the group. Um, so 
I knew I could, when I came in, I just had to be myself um, and ensure that I wasn't trying to be a copy of Dean Kiley or a copy of Dave Watson or whoever, whatever goalkeeper coach of, because I'd only be second rate to them. <laughs> Dean, Dean had been an international player, played many games in Premier League, hugely successful coach. I couldn't come in and imitate him. I had to just be myself and put my own sessions on and do it the way I believe. So I think maybe just having a fresh approach to the, to the group and, and putting on sessions that were received well, worked in my favour. And obviously I saw myself just as a goalkeeper coach and maybe that fitted what the manager wanted. He perhaps didn't want someone to come in and, and be trying to influence the team too much and, and trying to coach central midfielders or, or strikers or whatever you so I know other coaches might want to have a more heavy involvement which is fine and potentially I would lay it down the road but you know I just wanted to coach the goalkeepers so yeah I think that's my view maybe where the relationship blossomed from was that I just wanted to get on do my job as well as I could and and then just concentrate on them so the CV's now got promotion on it it's now got championship win on it it's got the penalty shootout mastermind in it <laughs> but it's also got the knowledge on it as well so oh yes yeah, so, indeed so there yeah. might so there might be some uh, right. there might be some Norwich City fans who are not aware that actually the best driver um, in the round holding car road uh, is actually the goalkeeper coach so yeah. just, just tell us a bit about your driving no, experience no I um, well from a young age sort of going back just a bit before that I knew I got to about 18, I suppose, released at 18 as a young player. Where were uh, you then? At Colchester. Colchester. So I got released, went into non-league and had an opportunity to work with the Col- uh, Colchester United uh, Academy, goalkeeper co- um, Academy goalkeepers. So uh, went and did that and I quite liked it actually. I thought, oh, this could be for me, something I could pursue. I was playing non-league on a Saturday and then doing the coaching. Um, and my dad said, well, that's great, but you need to have something to, to back that up. It's a bit of a, should we say, precarious industry, the football one. So, uh, well, you've just been released. And yeah, that's just right. Seen yeah, of course, yeah, I'd seen it firsthand. And, and obviously, it was important for me to have an income. So I went off, did the knowledge. Um, took me a few more years than the average person, but did get it done. We're doing this tonight, uh, right next door to St Giles Car Park, and yeah. Yeah, parked in St Andrews. Yeah. So, yeah. so, well, so has that, so has, has that, has that kind of cabby background come in, in, in handy with any um, kind of traffic situations for London away games, where you just sort of wandered down to the coach driver and said, you know what, if you just yeah. hang a left down yeah, here, I wouldn't dare get involved. <laughs> I would be too much responsibility. It, it must be, it must be tricky not to be tempted yeah. when you've you literally can see. I've taken just one or two customers around London now. So when, was the, when was the last time you drove a, drove a cab in, in, in anger then? And like, did you get asked? Oh, you've been busy tonight? Funnily enough, I actually Why drove, are you wearing them gloves? No, I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, drove, I drove last summer. Last summer I did it. So, uh, yeah, just for a couple of days, I picked Ed Woodward up. The Manchester United. Oh, really? No <laughs> way. <laughs> that was a strange turn of events. So, um, yeah, last summer was the last time I did it. It's nice. It's so different to obviously coaching it you know provides you with a bit of extra cash in the summer and driving around and fills a few days that are a bit empty when you have six weeks off 
gives you makes you appreciate the value of money as well. <laughs> yeah. You're driving around all day for ten quid. So it's yeah. interesting because we. I remember uh, Bradley Johnson, a former uh, midfielder, who was doing his bricky, um, oh, like either yeah. certificates or whatever. So I think that was a family business, and he wanted to basically. He did it as a way of keeping his feet on the ground and, mm. and effectively knowing what, what a trade yeah. was, whilst obviously yeah. being a no. Premier League and and, in cha- and Championship midfielder. So, do you find that do you find that that is handy? You, you know, you are surrounded by millionaires. You're surrounded no. by these, these fancy lads in all these different different clubs that you're playing against. Do you feel that maybe you've got slightly more of a real world view than some of the people that no, I think you what it against? does for me personally, which is which I remember when I got an opportunity at Norwich because I was at Colchester for many years I was there for probably 10 years and was just about coming to the end of my cycle there where I could continue on the salary I was and thought maybe I need to divert away from football and do another career or go to another club and the opportunity at Norwich came along and fortunately I was able to take that one but I remember making sure when I'm driving around Piccadilly in, in the middle of the night earning 10 trying to find another 10 pound that it's really important I do my job day to day as well as I possibly can because mm. there's no place other than you want to be is on the, on the field training goalkeepers it's so yeah it definitely heightens your um, passion for for what you do day to day without doubt and um, yeah it's something that I'll always appreciate having because as I say if the club want to go another way tomorrow I've got a way of earning money but when you do drive you do think actually this is hard work <laughs> this isn't this isn't easy um, and I know where I'd rather be so without doubt it really really does push you to do your do your job as well as you can okay so we've you, obviously you're saying that's like that's a proper graft that's proper trade um, with your goalkeeping coach hat on, there's been some you know down times and some stressful times this season. Obviously, last season it, it's not like we were top for the entire season. Yeah. There, you know, there were some times where yeah. it looked dodgy. So, have there been a where what have been the, the most trying times so far? You know, because it's, it's basically three years that you've you've, you've had this job nearly. Oh, I think uh, you look back in that first season. I think we lost five in a row, didn't we? In, the, in November, December time. The yeah, first Farker season. season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you're at that point thinking this is not going great mm. um, Ipswich ended up above us in the, in the table that season and 5-1 away at Q- or 4-1 at QPR oh yeah yeah 4-0 at Millwall was Millwall, painful yeah. yeah Millwall was a bad day but that, that, looking back that was a bad day you're right we didn't obviously enjoy that one at all but it was earlier on in the season and I yeah. think potentially we probably thought we could turn this around and um yeah, the QPR one was a real bad one that day. I thought we were terrible, and obviously Angus didn't have a great day that day. Mm. Came and I think Matt Smith it was. I see the big lad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, got the header, and it was a hard, hard period because you kind of felt we were doing all the right work. We were, I think we had back-to-back nil-nil draws at Carrow Road, Burton and Bristol City. Yeah, yeah, early one. Yeah, I'm testing your good yeah, yeah. knowledge. Remember back to back. Yeah. Well, the thing, the same thing. If you, yeah. if you're, go- I remember it. Is yeah. that in the quiz? Is if, you're, if, you're a, if you're a goalkeeper yeah. coach, then you're probably high fiving over a nil nil draw. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's painful because you could you could tell that the staff were going about the business that the right way and setting the team up in the right way, and there's no accounting for setting the team up defensively solid. 
attacking well, all right, we weren't creating a huge amount of chances in that first season, but players going through with a goalkeeper of 1v1 and missing. And it's like, well, I'm not sure what else we can do. How can you account for players missing opportunities in front of goals? So, well, I don't know. Ask yourself this season. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. yeah, yeah, we're asking ourselves similar questions at the moment, and it's, it's crazy. Saturday was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. How so, do you find that at half time? If you've spent all week working on a particular thing and then something happens where it's the exact opposite of what you've spoken about all week, how do you, how do you go in at half time and not be like, I fucking told you yeah. five times? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, I, is he saying that to Farker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think generally the lads do stick to game plan pretty well. Um, I think the most frustrating one this season was the Sheffield United one at home because I think we played really well first, first half. Uh, first half, half, first half is some of the best football we've yeah. played all yeah. season. One nil up, and you knew Sheffield United being poor the first half and perhaps a little bit lacklustre. And you knew they were going to come out well second half, and then within ten minutes you're two one down, and it up against it then. And so that was that was a disappointing day when you think we could have seen that come in, we could have potentially dealt with that a little bit better as a group, as a team. And uh, so yeah, they, they, I don't think I think generally the lads go out and try to play in the manner we want them to do. They can really trust and believe in what we're doing. Um, but yeah, sometimes just little bits. And then will, will you speak to Tim at half-time or is it just Daniel's voice? I will speak to him pretty infrequently, to be honest with you, because I don't think you can change too much. I mean, we spoke on Saturday uh, against Sheffield United about corners because they were blocking him well from corners, so we had a brief conversation mm-hmm. about that. Only if there's a, there's a major detail, I wouldn't go in and, and start to know your hands need to be here or there or mm. think about being in this position or that because he doesn't game. need to be told to not let any more goals in say that was yeah, yeah that's yeah. right it's on corners where you're being blocked so when I played Sunday League our goalkeeper would my job was basically to stand between our goalkeeper and their centre forward who was mad <laughs> yeah. uh, their centre forward who was trying to block our goalkeeper and our goalkeeper would always just shove me mm. into them. Mm. And his reasoning was, it's not a foul if I shove you. Mm. And it's not a foul because you've been shoved, so you're out yeah. of control. That can't be... That We never got pulled up on it, but no, that can't be an no, actual... It's... That's just poor refereeing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a... <laughs> but you can't get no. Max Owens to stand no. between Tim and Billy Sharp and say to him, just shove Max. Yeah, it's a few ways of doing it, really. It comes down to the goalkeeper's personal preference. Some like the defender on the outside of the opponent. Some like him, as you say, in between. Um, I personally think you're better off having your defender on the outside um, and then the goalkeeper try to play with his position a little bit and and try and play a bit of cat and mouse so he can get free from the attacker. So otherwise, if the attacking player is on the outside, he can pin both of you. He can pin your defender and then also make it difficult for your goalkeeper. So two of you are out of the game from, from one mm. player. So, uh, but as I say, it's down to personal preference, really. And you have to go with what the goalkeeper's comfortable with. If you're trying to tell him to do something and the goalkeeper isn't comfortable doing it, then it's not going to probably end well. <laughs> so, so you mentioned obviously you don't want to uh, over overstate which influence on the team you've got. You know, you're the goalkeeper guy. Obviously, corners is something where that's in your domain. That's your part of the pitch. Yeah. So, what what would you describe as our way method of, de- of defending corners? Is it zonal? Is that how you refer to it in the building? Yeah. Yeah. Zonal right. defending. Yeah. Because we have 
our zone around the six yard box and then we have three man markers so we'll try and attract the, the we'll try and get our defenders to to go against their best headers and, and, and then their biggest threats so so, so is, it like, is that like a mixture between slightly zonal and slightly yeah. marking yeah it's mainly zonal defending though because it's this season we don't seem to and I'm, I'm you know I've not analyzed the footage mm. as much as the coaching staff have of course um, but we don't there doesn't seem to be as many examples where last season quite often you would end up with Jam with someone way bigger than him or mm. you'd end up with Max with someone way bigger than yeah. him you think that those mismatches don't uh, seem to happen mm. however we do seem to still be far too susceptible to um, momentum into the box and, and headers like we, you know, we're still considering mm. conceding from more set pieces than, yeah. we, than we should yeah there's no doubt about that it's disappointing the numbers on it so we're always talking about solutions to defend set plays unfortunately the thing is with corners there is no watertight version. You are, fact of life is that you will concede from corners. Um, the other players run around, that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, you're always going to concede. There's, there's pros and cons to both zonal and man marking, obviously, and uh, we've decided that we want to try to go mainly zonal with some man markers to block runners. And as you say, we utilise our three spare men to try, try and stop that momentum to on the goal and trying to stop runs into into the six yard box and, and give them free headers. So yeah, it's there's no real right or wrong. I don't think with corners and, and dealing with corners, it's just you need to have a philosophy and hopefully you need to do it as well as you can. And uh, our philosophy is that. And don't get me wrong, I think we've we've added another element to it. I think we've now put put in um, we've got someone in the in the near post space. To deal with a whipped in corner and then we've got a second man in there a second wall which we felt a little bit vulnerable um, at that near post area so yeah we're constantly analyzing it and unfortunately as well when you concede when you're bottom of the league you're more likely to concede more yeah. corners more corners you concede the more likely you are to concede from those corners so um, yes yeah, I think percentage wise when from the amount we give away we're probably around that mid-table mark for conceding. So, although I think we're bottom of the league for the number of goals conceded, but as I say, no, Villa, Villa are bottom. Villa, yeah. set pieces, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's it's a real tough one because, as I say, there's no watertight version. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you know, having a philosophy. It's very clear that that the, the coaching team have got a philosophy about the way that we, that we go about playing in in most ways. Mm. Um, have there been uh, has there been much appetite to to make changes at all throughout the season? Like, do you feel there are some areas, like call as you say, you tinker? Have, has there, as a coaching staff, been a discussion and agreement, or, or you know, Fark said this is, or Crystal said this is the way we should do it, um, whereby actually we have changed certain things that maybe um, at the start of the season, like this is the way we're going to handle the situation. Like, how how much kind of learning has gone into changing the way we're trying to set up to get more points? Um. I wouldn't say we're going things about about things hugely differently, really, um, because we're constantly getting encouragement from the way we're playing. Mm. Um, so it's not like we're going out, not creating a chance, and conceding five. Um, so we're going out. We have been a little bit defensively more astute. I think. I think recently. I know we've had our off days at Wolves and Manchester United recently, but. I think generally, um, since that first period of the season, we've been defensively a bit better. But yeah, we 
we want to go out and attack games. We want to have the ball. We want to try to create chances. We want to try to minimise the opposition's chances. And, and at the moment, we seem to be doing that. As I say, we've lost on Saturday from you know, a, 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 one goal when we've created two really good opportunities mm. to score ourselves. So we could have ended up 2-1. Um, and we'd have come away with a win. So Newcastle away, not conceded, created a lot of chances. I think that's Should been win. our story of the season, hasn't it? We've played, yeah. Yeah. we've played much better than our points return would suggest yeah. that we've played. And there's been, we probably all, off the top of our heads, name four or five games where yeah. we should have won this. I mean, yeah. 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 yeah, as we <laughs> said, at home, Tottenham yeah. home. Yeah. 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 You look back on our first season and you're saying tough times when we lost that five in a row and. Obviously, something had to change. I think we ended up changing to a three at the back um, that season for, for quite a period. And then I think we kept four or five clean sheets in yeah. a row, etc. And obviously, if something's going wrong, we will try to change it. But this season, there hasn't really been too much evidence that we needed to change things. Um, manager will always make little tactical adjustments about how he want to deal with the opposition. Of course he will. But in terms of our actual strategy of how we want to approach the game, it will be... As it is, because I think it could work. If it's mm. working to a degree, as you say, the points isn't where we want it to be, but we certainly are getting enough encouragement from what we're doing to suggest that it's the right way. For me, in the long term, as well, it's one of the things that I that I think allows us to, as fans, to really sort of trust the club as a whole, because there isn't that sense of oh shit we've lost 2-0 one week toss everything out and start yeah. again it's very much like you know, well let's see what we can learn from it but yeah. you know we, we oh, didn't deserve to lose that 2-0 we deserve to yeah. draw that we deserve to win that mm. so for me long term I think it's quite an optimistic thing that there isn't this panic and there isn't this oh, mad no. rush to change stuff correct I agree I mean one thing we don't rely upon is individuals and we, we found that last season if you, if you look back whenever somebody was injured they came in and did the job just as well, if not better. So we're, we're setting a, the team up to play that's hopefully sustainable over a long period of time. If we lose certain players, hopefully we can just bring somebody in then and they take to the style and, and off we go. Seeing Sam Barr in the season, just come in, slot in straight away and off we go. And, and we did last year. So we're not re- relying on a Jack Reelis or uh, a Madison or whoever. You know, we, we are trying to build a way that helps us play in the long term it's not just going to be over the next six weeks so what, what's the what's the vibe like in the squad at the moment there are encouraging signs in games but obviously they must also be must they must get disheartened by the fact that yeah, that's yet another game that we've been yeah, in yeah. So, so you know there are still enough points on the table mm. there are still enough winnable games at home yeah. and you know we on this pod have been pointing to this starting Saturday run of yeah. games that we've had coming up yeah. pretty much all season we've said you know, yeah. if we're still there or thereabouts yeah. March, April there are the games there right up to the penultimate game of the season Burnley at home it's where yeah. we could get this over the line yeah. I mean you're not going to say no we think we're down but do you but because but, that would be silly <sighs> but do you, no, do you no, but, no. Do, but is there a genuine belief there that I, there's gonna, I, we're going to have enough I look at the table and I look from Brighton down to us there's six teams what is it, eight points? Brighton at eight points yeah. from us? Yeah. yeah. And we're six, so we're six points if, plus goals from safety. If you are where Brighton are, you still have to win games of football. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, their, their season is not done just because they are where they are. Obviously, we'd like to be where Sheffield United are, but um, we're not. 
I'm just looking not at where us. Liverpool are. Let <laughs> alone <laughs> 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 Norwich. Yeah. yeah, I just look at the table and think, right, there's nine games left. If we can finish with the most points at the bottom six, like if you like a little mini league, I think we'll stay up. I really do, um, because that means we're taking points off opposition teams, and other teams will start to to potentially panic about us a little bit where everyone thinks we're probably relegated and we're not going to come back from where we are and I just don't see that being the case Saturday's massive without doubt you're going to that and we've got to start from Saturday really putting a little run together but over the course of nine games I think if we come out with the most points out of those bottom six clubs I think we'll stay up and maybe even second even if we come second out of those six clubs with the most points, I think we'll stay out. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a massive change of fortune because we, we are going to need to win four, four or five particular games. Yeah. Um, and, but, but you never know when the table's going to reward you. Mm. We are, we are, per- we are yeah. perfectly capable of doing it. I, you know, I, I don't think we'll do it. You know, and trust me, I would, I would love us to do it, of yeah. course. But you know, I'll ask you the question. I'll yeah. ask you the question. If we'd have won four in a row yeah. over that Christmas period, would that surprise you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Looking back on how we played, uh, how, how we played, no, because in so, the context, so if you look, of the same we won four games. Would you have said we deserved to win four in a row? Yes, but I always think we deserve to win. Even yeah. But I genuinely but, think yeah, you could make a case you, you that we. You make a really good point, though. You make a good point. You could make a genuine case that we deserve to win every single game in December. Uh, yeah. I can't remember one game in December that we didn't Absolutely. deserve to win. Exactly. But yeah, so it's Wolves at home. Really well, yeah. Definitely we deserve to be in that. Sheffield Spurs. United at home. Spurs, Spurs at home. Palace. Palace at yeah. home. Yeah. Villa away. We bossed that Correct. game yeah. and lost 1 0. Um, and we've got those games. games. As you say, rightly so, on paper, Norwich have now got to go and win back to back games. It's probably three, maybe in a row, yeah. potentially. But. It's so possible. If we were not creating chances, if we were losing two or three nil every, you think, no, we're done. Sheffield United on Saturday, we. It's so frustrating, obviously for everybody, but we genuinely could have won. Yeah, they were so ordinary. You just have to believe that you just don't know when you're going to be rewarded. You you think you should be rewarded over Christmas period to get the wins that we deserved from our performance didn't materialise. You just got to keep trusting that hopefully. We will get rewarded, maybe when we don't deserve it at the end of the season. Could be our last day of the season. Remember Man City? Yeah. 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 One of the things that one of the things that we that I've got in the back of my mind is um, is there one more little purple pookie patch left? You know, it's because we know, like statistical analysis tells us that Pookie scores goals in five, six yeah. game runs. Yeah. You know, that's what the lad does. Yeah. And if he bags a couple of braces mm. and uh, you know basically gets five in six yeah. games or whatever, yeah. that's literally probably that's 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 us staying up. I mean, I I messaged these boys just after the Spurs win and said I think we can stay up. Like the the I feel that. Because I did think that it's. I After feel last week. Yeah, even though that wasn't a league game. He changes his tune though, like every I, five I minutes. Down, yeah, yeah. Yeah, change his tune by the end of this sentence. No, change his mind. But no, I, I, on, on balance, I, on balance, I think we've probably got too much to do, which is you know yeah. received wisdom of where we are yeah. in the league and how many games we've yeah. won and how many games we're yeah. to win. But but I do I do think that showing showing the resilience that they showed and mm. that was every now and again and that was why Sheffield United was so disappointing mm. and I know, you, I know you know this but you put that performance in you have that spirit yeah. you have that ability to take a chance when it comes to you yeah. um, and then and then it's followed up and that and the problem is 
as you know, this season so often we've not had that one-two punch of no. gone and done our business, no. gone and done sure. our business, yeah. either end of the week. And, yeah, and, you keep and, a slap in the face. Yeah, and you it? just no, think, how can, how can, you're the same lads, or there's one different, yeah. how can it be so different? In but terms I don't think it happened? was that different. I think yeah. it was a phenomenal piece of goalkeeping from Dean Henderson that keeps out Dermich's kind of shot and Vranchic's whatever, whatever part of the body it hit him on. Scuffs is Joseph's thing, like he only yeah. scores scuffs. Yeah, yeah. Only and he scuffed it, and I thought, bang, that's it. Oh, no, it's not. Hang on, how's that gone over the bar? But that's the point, it's not massively different from what we do next, is it? Every week you turn up and you, I think you think, we, oh, I, think we, play away. I think we were a couple of levels worse at Sheffield, Sheffield United than reverse Spurs. I, I don't think we, 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 yes, we created a couple of chances, I, I but thought, we had. I so, genuinely thought it was a poor game. Yeah, I thought mm. you could they tell. They us down at our level, which yeah. is what they. But done second half, we, we had all the ball. Yeah. We had all the ball. I thought, second half, I thought, didn't do anything. Didn't do enough with it. it didn't, didn't move it quick enough. Two or three presentable opportunities. You take one of them and you're happy. Yeah. Yeah, if we score from one yard out, which we should have done, yeah. it's, you can say it's good goalkeeping, goalkeeping or poor finish, whichever whichever one you. But want there's to a lot of goal that isn't the goalie. <laughs> from yeah, one, from yeah. one yard out. <laughs> sure, score. I mean, are we going to say that the season's over from not taking one one chance? I, I just, I, I genuinely just don't. There's a quarter of the season left. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's enough points. Sunk. There's there's enough points, and and this this is. You know, yes, I go between hope and despair, like, <laughs> like many football football fans do. Yeah, because I'm living life vicariously through a football club that I can't affect in any way. Yeah. Um, but this honestly is always turnover. Yeah. Uh, but with, <laughs> at least you actually get to coach the players. Yeah. Um, with, uh, with 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 this run of games, we have been consistent all season. Like literally from August in the previews, we said yeah. this is a tasty run of games. This, this yeah. could be absolutely massive. Yeah. And I'm just so pleased that we are still within a couple of games. Yeah. You because. Know, with the luck that we've had, we could easily be nine, twelve points a yeah. by now, and then yeah. you're thinking, yeah, there's no, yeah. there's no coming back. Shall we turn to the ACM mailbag? Um, because there are a few people who want to ask a question about a certain lad who's employed down the road. Still oh just. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is he still employed? Do we need to check social last media time, just to see if he's gone? He's still just about hanging on by the skin of his Scottish teeth. First question we have is from Adam Brandon. And he says, Ed, did you ever call Paul Lambert after the offer from the Binner boss last year to arrange a fight? If you were to fight him, where would you like the fight to take place? Lambert in seems scared to hold it in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, Norwich players have done that before. Yeah. It's not a good look. It's frowned upon. Yeah. But uh, that kind of leads us nicely into yeah. the incident. I watched it again the other day. Yeah. You're definitely a, an antagonist in that. Oh, yeah. What happened? What uh, was said? Yeah, Talk simple. us through it. I mean, there was a tackle on the near side in front of the dugout. And yeah, his Max got up. taken yeah, out. Yeah. So I think at that point, you just want to make sure that no players get sent off. Um, so it calmed down. I just remember a corner of my eye. Uh, Paul Lambert's assistant pushed Christo Magala. So I remember just he, for, for no reason from what I saw, I remember turning around. It's also a brave move, the size of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. He's yeah. not someone I'd push it on. So I just turned and said, What's that all about? And he went off on one, and then uh, at that point, you have to stand up. You're not going <laughs> to you know, crumble at that point. It, I think they came with a little bit of a, a preconceived idea about how they were going to go around their business that day and I think they wanted to try and intimidate us potentially I'm not sure but if I'm honest it's not something I really want to get involved mm. with no no real coach wants to be um, involved in that sort of incident it got blown out of proportion potentially for something that was a little bit of a, a small incident but 
yeah, I can see why the fans fans <laughs> Best enjoy part of the season. It, yeah, it's not it's not something I would particularly enjoy getting involved with, but. Uh, yeah, did you know got, Lambert from um, Cole Eden? No, I didn't. He was um, I was in the academy mm. at Colchester at the time, coaching the kids, and um, that was part time role. So mm. he's obviously that was evening work. So we our paths would never have crossed. Uh, it was just on the day I felt they were trying to be a little bit intimidating, and when they start pushing other members of staff around for no apparent reason, you're going to ask what's going on, and at that point bring it on so yeah I'm not going to stand down to anybody really And uh, I think my absolute favourite part of all of that was pre-game Lambert spent the entire time oh, talking yeah. about yeah. oh it's going to be a hostile atmosphere <laughs> yeah. I can handle hostile atmospheres I've played in these places <laughs> I can handle this then he completely lost his shit <laughs> quite badly yeah. Yeah. and how funny was it that um, you weren't the one to get sent off so Chris yeah, is going down the tunnel well there, yeah really. you've done really well yeah poor Chris End up <laughs> getting the brunt of Paul Lambert's frustration. Um, so uh, yeah, I think I think I had a tap on Jordan Rose, uh, a tap on the back from Jordan Rose, saying I, f- I think you've done enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I quickly ducked down, and uh, I think Callum Chambers, um, boy Chambers, uh, zinged the ball into the dugout. Well. <laughs> yeah, I should, it probably uh, probably escalated a bit too far, but yeah. There we are, so it's, in, it's, in, it's in Derby Day folklore forevermore. What we got next up? Will Maxfield, I think, and he wants to talk about Aston Oxborough. He says, Is he far off the first team? And who's the most talented keeper you've worked with? Oh, um, yeah, Aston's trained with first team every day. He's down at Wildstone on loan. It was difficult for Aston because. Last year, we kept him in the building for the homegrown rule. So he appeared on the bench a few times, was in, a, in the squad a few mm-hmm. times. So probably ideally he'd have gone on loan last year, um, but we needed him in the building. So he's gone out to a not particularly glamorous loan, but he's mm-hmm. gone out, done really well. Um, really love him down there at Wildstone. They're top of the National South League. Has he met the radio yet? Pardon? Has he met the Wellstone radio yet? Yeah, he's down there somewhere. Um, him and Paul Lambert watching the games together. So. Yeah. Uh, no, he's doing really well. Um, hopefully we can get him out to a better loan next year, potentially into the Football League. He's more than capable. and Just about seeing how far he goes. He keeps overcoming the challenges we put in place and... and He's everything you want in a goalkeeper. He's six foot four. He's powerful. He's quick. He can kick the ball well. Good reactive, reactive shot stopper. So yeah, there's all hope for him. It's just mm. now seeing what opportunities we can get him and, and and see where we can assess him and what scenarios we can assess him. So, yeah. Do you get any say in that, or is that all Neil Adams? Do you say that I like him? No, well? there's conversations all the time between me and Neil. Neil's in the office each day, so we're always updating one another on, on where we see Aston and going. Um, he's always trying to communicate with various different clubs to, to allow them opportunities to look at him and, and send people clips. So yeah, it's a, definitely us, us both, us Stuart, will always as well push, push him out to whatever people inquire about him. Yeah, so just trying to get him onto that next step a little bit like what we tried to do with Remy um, or the club did I wasn't so much involved with Remy but yeah he's, he's a good young goalkeeper got high hopes and you mentioned all his goalkeeping traits there and I'm kind of interested in how much you're involved with you talked about the philosophy earlier under Daniel and 
actually we're playing out from the back. How much as a goalkeeping coach are you involved in that and making sure that you know kind of Tim's in the right place to receive the ball, stick it to a centre half? Yeah. You know, how much is is that being coached out across the group? No. And is there like outfield coaches that get involved yeah, with that, that as that well? Will, that will come. That will be directed from the manager mm-hmm. in pre-match meetings about what he wants the goalkeeper to do. Um, the manager sets up training so that goalkeepers can be involved in possession-based practices and uh, practice their involvement dealing with the ball at, uh, at their feet. Mm. So he'll set training up in a manner that should hopefully improve that understanding between mm. the goalkeeper and the players. Um, so that's a, it's a bit of an organic sort of way of mm. going about it. There's no sort of you pass to him, he passes to yeah. him. It's not as structure that because football's not like that is it you can't you can't play in that way it's just got to be a a fluid motion if you like for one of the better (laughs) phrase but yeah it's yeah it's part of just our daily planning and daily um daily life really what we got next alex don't know what alex's surname is sorry alex um he wants to know how do you keep the second and third choice keepers motivated to train hard every day I mean, they've had opportunities this yeah, season. Yeah, there's always opportunities. Mm. They, they always with goalkeepers. You said earlier that only one can play, and but equally, goalkeepers know that you're only one injury away. You're only a suspension away. Um, a few put bad performances of the number one away from and being in the team. So you need good characters. There's no doubt about that. We've got great character. Michael McGovern, as I say, he applies himself unbelievably well every day. I think they he's made, always ready. They made it. They, I think they actually. It was rare, but when they redid his contract, the you know Stewart actually came out and said, "Look, this we know this might surprise a few people. He's not played loads and loads mm. of games for us, but he is archetypal culture guy. He's well, exactly the sort well, of glue guys we need around." What, what do you want from room. somebody who's pushing the first team goalkeeper as, as Michael is currently? Well, he needs to be able to be ready to step in and play. Michael has done that frequently for Northern Ireland at the highest level. So you can completely trust him. When he comes in, he can deal with that, them circumstances, which isn't easy. You saw it against Crystal Palace. No. Um, didn't have huge amounts to do, but steps onto the pitch without even having a warm-up, which is, is very, very difficult for a goalkeeper to get the speed of the game and uh, and having not played for so long. So, yeah, you, need, you do need a, a special character to be able to accept being in a supportive competitive role um, as opposed to being brought in as an outright number one if you're you know, Jack Butland or whatever you, you, and he is a number two goalkeeper somewhere he might find it a bit difficult now because he's been so used to all them years being England goalie and, and, and playing for Stoke all them years. so yeah it's, you do need to have a particular good character and strong mental um, capacity to, to push every day to wait for your opportunity. Should we have one more? One more question? Go on then. Go on then. Right, hang on. Let's find a good one. Ah, this one's for all of us. So this is from Nick Dye. He says, what are your best keeper and striker combinations in NC- NCFC history? So it's kind of keeper and striker that's had to play together in the same team. In the same team? So oh, Tim, and, Tim and Timu, hell of a Tim, season. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Uh, did Green and Ewan play together? Rob Green and yeah, Ewan? Yeah, yeah. Could be, you having could that? Green, Green and Hux, because you're a big Rob Green guy, aren't you? Green I and Ashton. Green, yeah. Ooh, Too like short-lived. 
too short lived. It's a combo. He wasn't with us. It's a combo. It's two England internationals. Yeah. I couldn't on Jeff over so much. Yeah. That's why Wes is, is untouchable. The, the bar went really high there. Yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like goalkeepers wise, we we had an embarrassment of riches. Like yeah. you know, Norwich have, have got a uh, for, for where we've been in the league pyramid, we have kind of shot and punched above our weight always with, yeah, yeah. with international quality mm. goalkeepers. Um, I mean, I'd show my age. I'd throw who, who's in. Who's up from um, Woods? Who's up from Woods? Who's our best striker when Woods was around? Dean, but I'd go Gunny and Fleck. Gun, Fleck, Gunny I don't think Fleck. played. Flecky didn't play with um, Chris Woods, but Gunny no, and Fleck, yeah. top class, top class. That brings us to the Long Come Norwich quiz. Ed, obviously you listen to every every show, so you know that uh, you've got a minute to answer oh, six God. questions. You get the easy ones. You fine. get the easy ones. They are fine. all goalkeeper related, oh. which is more embarrassing yeah. now when you get it wrong. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a bit like when someone jumps in my taxi and I've got no idea where to take <laughs> So Where is St Giles' car park? See, what I could have done is I could have actually done, done questions on the knowledge had I thought yeah. about it. Okay, your time, Ed, starts... Now, which Slovakian goalkeeper has made the most saves in the Premier League this season? Martin Dubravka. Correct. Who is the only first choice Polish goalkeeper in the Premier League? Polish. This season. Yeah, go on, pass. Okay. Uh, which former Norwich goalkeeper also made over 50 Premier League appearances for West Ham and QPR? Rob Green. Correct. Which Premier League goalkeeper conceded four goals this weekend? That would be last night. <laughs> Pepper Rain. Uh, which Norwich goalkeeper made his debut against Spurs in 1986? Say that again, sorry? Which Norwich goalkeeper made his debut against Spurs in 1986? Chris Woods? No. Uh, who made 148 Premier League appearances for Arsenal? Goalkeeper? Yeah. 148 appearances for Arsenal? Yeah. In the Premier League. Pass. Uh, who is the Polish goalkeeper? For a Premier League team, the only Polish one. Time. Oh, done well. Of course. Yeah, Lucas Fabianski, yeah. who's what you're after at West Ham. Yeah. Um, three is a solid. I love Fabianski as well. Three is a solid. Yeah, yeah. One. Yeah. One. Jens Oh, I'd have gone Czech or something like that. Czech. What was the question? Uh, <laughs> uh, who, made who made 148 I Premier League was, I'm thinking course. of an ex-Norwich goalie oh, right, these no, aren't no, no. fact checked either it's all bollocks I'm trying to think I was, I was like, what Norwich goalies played 148 times <laughs> yeah, one no. question on um, you said which goalkeeper conceded four <laughs> yeah, it was Jordan Pickford at the time of writing so I would have accepted Pickford or the other lad so you have to take the point yeah or Pickford but at the time of writing only Pickford had conceded four goals I didn't know how dated but you still got a point so it doesn't just matter on Pepe Reina yeah, everyone yeah. who hasn't seen David Squire's cartoon today in it the Guardian yeah. with the Pepe Reina take himself to work from home because the coronavirus has left to attack yeah google it Ledge. right so three to beat who's uh, next punt Ooh. your time I'm starts i with that by the way three no, he's done well honestly three three these lads don't know anything about goalkeepers <laughs> your time starts now which of the English goalkeepers in the Premier League has made the most saves this season. Who was the only first choice Portuguese goalkeeper in the Premier League this season? Oh, what's his name for Wolves? Can't remember his name. Okay. Patricio. Well Patricio. Uh, correct. Which goalkeeper made over 100 Premier League appearances for both Portsmouth and Liverpool? 
David James. Correct. Uh, which Norwich goalkeeper made his professional debut against Gillingham in 2009? 2009. I can't, I can't ben Elnick? No. Uh, who has saved nine penalties for Tottenham and Watford in the Premier League? Uh, Gomez. Correct. Who has made over 100 Premier League appearances for Tottenham and Blackburn in goal? Paul Robinson. Correct. Which of the English goalkeepers has made the most saves in the Premier League this season? Pass. What's the other one? Uh, which Norwich keeper made his professional debut against Gillingham in 2009? Fraser Forster. Uh, no, name an English goalkeeper in the Premier League. <laughs> Genuinely, I can't even think of any. Go on, pass. Uh, uh, Norwich keeper made his professional debut against Gillingham in 2009. Mm. Ruddy. I'll give uh, no Declan Rudd. I thought oh. you were saying it as in like oh. Rudd was his nickname. <laughs> no, no, I can't give it to you. I can't give it to you. It was Declan Rudd. Pickford. Mine went blank. I couldn't even think of an English goalkeeper. Aaron Ramsdale, Bournemouth, 102. Oh. I've never got. I've never got him. I'd again Pickford or Henderson. Oh, sorry, Gunny, yeah, that, was, that was Brian Gunn. Brian Gunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want to go back. So you've got four to draw level, Lorne. Yeah. Your time starts now which London club's goalkeeper has made the second most saves in the Premier League this season Chelsea in, uh, well I need the name but oh Azpilicueta they're both wrong uh, who, are the, who is the only team to have two goalkeepers save a penalty this season Norwich correct uh, which former Norwich goalkeeper made 37 appearances in the Premier League for a Welsh team um, David Marshall correct who has saved seven penalties for five teams including West Brom Watford and Birmingham uh, pass. Uh, which no, Norwich, Ben Foster. Uh, no, go, go around. Which Fuck. Norwich keeper made his league <laughs> debut against Sheffield Wednesday in 2016? Uh, right, Correct. Who made 99 Premier League appearances for Leicester? Um, in goal, obviously. Pass. Uh, which London club's goalkeeper pass. has made this? Okay, Ben uh, Foster. Who, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Okay. Uh, which Norwich goalkeeper made his league debut against Sheffield Wednesday? You got that. Who made 99 Premier League appearances for Leicester? Pass. Uh, which London club's goalkeeper has made the second most saves in the Premier League this season? Watford. Uh, I need the goalkeeper, but no. Uh, who made 99 <laughs> Premier League appearances for Leicester in goal? <laughs> Cash was Michael. Uh, no. Time. <laughs> Why did you get? Why ask? How many did you get? Four. Four. Uh, okay. So, oh. so Ed, even with a four. So, Ed, yes. uh, which London reason. club's goalkeeper has made the second most saves in the Premier League this season? Second most Premier League. London club. Fabianski? No, it's not. It's, it's Arsenal. Which I was surprised. Oh, Bernard Leno. Yeah. Of course it is, yeah. Yeah, he's made plenty yeah. of saves. Mm-hmm. And then the Second other one most. was uh, really yeah. obvious yeah. Leicester goalkeeper from the olden days. Ian Walker. Casey Keller. Mm-hmm. Really obvious. Yeah, so, dead obvious. Everyone's shouting, Casey Just Keller. Just name a, a player who's <laughs> played yeah. for Leicester. Jesus. Yeah. Really obvious. Okay, so uh, the way we do our tiebreakers, Ed, is that you can still win even though you came. Oh, you only got three. Yeah. Uh, we all get That's a go. That's not how we've ever done um, it before, the, is it? No. That's when right. we have a posh guest. Uh, okay, uh, so <laughs> Mark Schwarzer is the all-time leader of appearances in the Premier League with 514. Mm-hmm. Then it comes Shay Given with 451. Brad Frieda with 450. Next on the list is Petr Cech. So, Ed, how many appearances do you think he has made in the Premier League? Petr Cech? Yeah. Ten years. So, what was, it, what was the... So, Brad, Brad Friedel's the one above him with 450. Go higher. You said I'm mugging you off. I'm going to go pretty close to that. I reckon... 4-3-1. 4-3-1 punt. 4-2-1. 4-4-4. Four, four, four. 
Punt takes it. It's 394. He hasn't quite got to the 400 mark. 394 is not bad in the Premier League. It's more than I've done. Um, He was out injured for a long time, wasn't he? Yeah, of course. Yeah, the old skull cap. Uh, That brings us to the end of the podcast. Ed, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming and seeing us. Uh, Punt and Lawn, I acknowledge that you have also been here. Cheers, mate. (laughs) It's good to hear. Everyone else, mind how you go.